Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It's a Wednesday, and the Celtics are still alive. How about that, Dan? Imagine that. I, I got at least one of them right. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, won a game in their series against Miami uh, last night. And uh, we'll play game five uh, tomorrow night at the TD Garden. Celtics trailing three games to one. But uh, we are going to talk cars and uh, anything that moves today with uh, Dan Weed from Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. You can find them online at weedfamilyautomotive.com or better yet to uh, make an appointment, uh, call 603-225-7988. Dan, uh, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, I was reading a story a couple of days ago. Uh, This came out uh, on a a website called NME, which is all about news and and music and what have you. And uh, it says uh, car manufacturers, including Ford, BMW, Tesla, uh, and others, have removed AM and FM radio from their newest car models. The decision to eliminate access to the audio feature by car companies was influenced by the medium-shrinking consumer base as well as a quirk with electric engines that disrupts its signal, according to the Washington Post. All right. So uh, I guess the... uh, the engine for an electric vehicle disrupts the radio signal. You were telling me before we went on the air today that there was an issue years ago with the AM radio. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and so there, there. I'm going to call this a, a lame excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, from interference from the electric motor, and and so we'll get into the difference between the motor and the engine a little bit later. Oh, okay. But, uh, so interference from the electric motor to the radio. Uh, is something that we've dealt with for years, and you know, and maybe I'm aging myself now, uh, but 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 you've aged gracefully. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I, need, I needed that extra confidence yeah. booster this morning. <laughs> but it's something we've dealt with in the automotive industry for a number of years, and back when we only had AM radios, that depending on what you had going on in the engine, whether it be an alternator, starter, ignition problem, would create interference coming across that AM radio. Uh, back in the day when you had that nice, great big AM radio set in living room, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in a restaurant, in a bar, whatever setting, and they had the fan going, you know, the ceiling fan going. Yeah. Back in the day, that ceiling fan would create enough electrical interference to create static over the AM radio. And so we had the same problem in cars with ignition systems, with alternators, with generators, that if there was a malfunction in one of those components, it would create a lot of static over the AM radio. And no different than, you know, with the AM radio or even FM, you pull up to a traffic light and all of a sudden you lose that signal or yeah, you start sure. to hear that interference. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, to me, that's really a, a poor excuse for doing away with the AM or FM radio in a car. Absolutely. That should never happen. And, right. It's, but, you know, here we are broadcasting on, on AM on and FM. AM, <laughs> AM and FM and, and, and internet. And the internet and everywhere. And, and, and that could be part of the issue, too. I mean, maybe uh, manufacturers are thinking, well, AM and FM radio, maybe uh, uh, it's not a thing of the past, but this is maybe what their thinking is. 
and uh, that you can stream like WKXL and uh, other entities uh, on on your devices in the car without the AM and FM radio. Exactly. Maybe that's part of their thinking. And, and, and I think you're probably onto something there more than anything is now we can do away with an extra piece of equipment in the car mm-hmm. or functionality in the car that they don't have to support it anymore. Right. You know, I certainly listen to the AM, FM radio, well, mostly FM, in the car as I'm driving. It's just, I guess, creature a habit more than anything. Yeah. But I find more and more often that I don't have to worry about signal strength. I don't have to worry about it fading in and out. If I link the car to my phone and stream it, as you said, right. online. You're streaming nhtalkradio.com all the time, all the coming time. in crystal clear right. no matter where you are. Clear right. across the country. So That's I don't have right. to worry about being in, in that broadcast area anymore because mm-hmm. now I can go online, I can stream it online, and I don't have to worry about that interference either. Right. No, I mean, it, it's a good point, and, but I, I think, uh, and, you know, probably in years to come, uh, the radios, the AM and FM radios in cars may be obsolete. I think it's too soon. I think it's too soon. Uh, by, but then I read today, this is from the Detroit Free Press, that uh, Ford CEO Jim Farley announced yesterday that the automaker is reversing its previous plan to remove AM radio from vehicles, both electric and gasoline-operated in 2024. So... So at go. least in uh, Ford has changed its course, <laughs> and they will have uh, AM and FM uh, radios uh, as part of uh, their 2024 vehicles. So well, I, th- I think that's a you know in my mind that's a good thing you know to see something like that go away. And of course, you got to stop and think now. What was the first thing that we had? in the cars we first had the am radio and that that was a, a huge thing and back oh, in the day yeah. when when you had tube radios in the car and everything yeah uh and and the radio was you know half the size of the dash because of it yeah and then we started to see the solid state electronics come into play and then we had the fm radio come into play and then of course the the big thing after the fm radio was oh guess what am fm and Eight track, yeah. Ooh. Oh, those eight tracks. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, I never had a vehicle that played uh, an eight track recording. Oh, you I don't know never, what you're missing. I know. Oh my goodness. I know. I had uh, cassette player uh, and of course CDs, but uh, never an eight track. <laughs> never an eight track. For whatever reason, but uh, at any rate, uh, thank goodness, uh, at least uh, Ford is uh, coming around. Ford is seeing the light and keeping uh, radios, terrestrial radios, uh, in the cars. They're stepping up to the plate. They they are. They're they're going against the grain of the other manufacturers and really stepping up to the plate and making this happen. Kind of like, you know, the CEO of Toyota coming out and saying not long ago that, hey, guess what? You know, this electric thing might not be the best way to go, but if we have a a mixed fleet of hybrid, electric, and gas-powered vehicles. That's really the best way to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. So he went totally against the grain. Much like Ford is here, we're going to keep this AM radio thing going. And, you know, hooray for Ford. That's great. Yep, exactly. And, and I think, you know, it's an age thing too, Dan. It's like no. it's like uh, like the newspaper. Uh, you know, I, I, I think most people who buy a newspaper every day, and I'm I'm among them, uh, you know, are of a certain age. Probably the, the uh, most of the newspapers are sold to people that are probably over 40, I, I would guess, Mo- the vast majority of them. Sure, I, I, I yeah. would agree with that, but I, I would say that those people probably too are, I'll say, better informed about what's going on and able to sit down, read the articles, mm-hmm. uh, 
absorb what's going on and really kind of make their own decision. I mean, granted, some of the new newspapers swing one way or the other, just like everything else is these days, but at least you can sit down, read the article, and yeah. then maybe research it some more afterwards. Yeah, no, exactly. But I, I think, you know, most of the newspaper, if, if they did a survey, and I'm sure uh, newspaper companies have, uh, that most of their readership is probably in excess of 40 with the hard copy newspaper. With the hard copy, right. But that's why so many, like the Concord Monitor, for example, mm-hmm. where you can read the entire newspaper, and this is true for many publications, but read it online. Right. Yeah. And, and they give you so many free articles, I think it, it's a it, month. So, yeah. You know, and, and, right. But some of them are going away from that. I've noticed, I tried to click on a couple articles recently and note you have to subscribe to this or you have to at least give them all your information, your email and address yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so... They are, you know, they, they've seen the light, so to speak, and they know what's coming, that that hard copy newspaper is probably going to go away sooner than later. Uh, of course, sad for me, because guess what my first job was? News, paper newspaper boy. delivery, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think most of us uh, were in that same boat, riding yeah. around on bicycles. Exactly. Throwing right newspapers, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the lawn of our, our customers and, uh, you know, <laughs> wherever they may land. But, yeah, uh, and, uh, you know... If you have a subscription, for example, to the Concord Monitor, then you have carte blanche, right, uh, right. you know, and uh, and that's great. I mean, because a lot of people do. Uh, a lot of people get their news now online. Right. There's no, there's no doubt about that. And, and it's convenient because you don't have to wait for the paper to be delivered. Right. You can get it right away online, and you can be anywhere in the country and see what's happening locally. And, and some people, some old people like me, Still like to have a hard copy to read when they're sitting on the back porch or on your deck or, or wherever, you right, know? Right. When the sun's shining and you can't really read the screen on your <laughs> telephone very well. But uh, at any rate, Dan, Dan Weed is with us from Weed Family Automotive. They are conveniently located at 124 Store Street in Concord, weedfamilyautomotive.com. Call and make an appointment. Hey, time is running out in May if you haven't had uh, your inspection as yet. Uh, get it now, 603-225-7988. Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL. And you can stream it in your car, nhtalkradio.com. Gale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Dan Weed is in studio, live and in living color. Weed Family Automotive, located at 124 Store Street in downtown Concord. The great part, when you leave uh, your your car at Weed Family Automotive for whatever you have it in for, uh, you can always walk over to uh, Main Street in Concord and enjoy some fine dining. Oh, yeah. We have a a great location for downtown Concord. You know, we're kind of tucked in out of the way off of Store Street, uh, just behind the Bank of America. Right next to the train tracks. Right, exactly. I won't, I won't go down that road. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I digress. Or that track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, if you want to hang out, you know, wait for your car to be fixed, do, do what we got to do. There's so much to do in downtown Concord because we get a, 
a variety of new stores oh, just right down there. the block yeah. from us. We got the yeah. the one ten grill that's open now. They it, opened it last op- week. Okay. Uh do the they ex- have fire pits out there. Yeah. They, they do. They do. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. fire pits. <laughs> yeah. I do. And uh you know, uh Cheers' patio is back open now. They got that yeah. fixed up and ready to go after the yeah. windstorm this winter. Uh, the Xfinity store has been open for a while. The Playa yeah. Bowl store is open now. I was actually in there. I had a smoothie a couple of weeks ago. I hear they're yeah, really good. They really are. They really and truly are. So, I mean, a, a great new addition to uh, the downtown area, Store yeah. Street specifically for those stores. And uh, they have a Starbucks that's going to be opening soon. Yeah, they'll be opening pretty soon. And I'm not sure there's another store. Another store. A mystery store. A mystery store that I've not seen uh, any indication of what that's going to be. What it is. Well, well, uh, maybe the – well, no, I won't speculate. Uh, Anyway, uh, also going on right now through the 31st of May is the uh, voting for the the Cappies. That's right. Which uh, the Concord Monitor does on uh, a yearly basis. The capital area, people's preference, and uh, Dan Weed and his wife Jody here are, are featured in a, a, a page that I pulled out of the monitor a few days ago. So uh, get online and uh, vote for the Cappies. And when you're uh, voting for uh, a place that uh, does your automotive work, Vote for Weed Family Automotive. Yes, please help me uh, in this friendly competition that I have with a, another shop here in town. Ah, okay. And, and we're good friends with them, and we, we always go back and forth between yeah. this. So uh, help me outpace my uh, my friendly competitor across the river. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we Friendly, but we won't mention the, the business. But uh, Weed Family Automotive, richly deserving uh, of your vote. So cast it before it's too late. And uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, you've won it before. We have in the past. Yes, yes for yeah. d- different categories. But yeah. we, we we would like to take the overall service category uh, this year, please. All right, <laughs> the overall service category. Remember that, folks. And uh, there's a little uh, code here that you can uh, scan if you have uh, the Concord Monitor. So yep. so there you go. Or you can find it, you know, through the Concord Monitor website or on their Facebook page. They have yep. the, the Cappy's announcement. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is, uh, as I understand it, the preliminary rounds to get us into the finals. So Okay. This is the preliminary round. So uh, do whatever you can. Uh, ConcordMonitor.com uh, slash Cappy's. Or you can, uh, if you find it in the paper, the QR code that they provide. And uh, and if you clip it out of the paper, I'm sure if you take it to Weed Family Automotive, uh, Dan will autograph it for you. Definitely. Yeah. Right, there, right. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about the uh, the fact that some manufacturers of automobiles, including Tesla and uh, BMW and and others, not Ford anymore, are taking the AM and FM radio out of your vehicle. But Dan and I were talking during the break. And yeah, all the streaming is is great and all that, but what if there's a local emergency? Right. And uh, you know, you, you want to be informed of what's going on uh, locally. Locally, yeah. you know, you have a catastrophic failure of yeah. some type. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, the communication system goes down. Right. And all across history, since the invention of radio, yeah, they've gone back to your basic uh, ham radio operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, on AM and FM signals to broadcast whatever needed emergency communications are there. All right. I've got a friend of mine that used to go to, uh, he, he ran the local ham radio club in the area, and they had this thing ironically called Hamfest, but 
every year they would get together to make sure that they had a system in place to operate a emergency broadcast system mm -hmm. right. uh, for different local entities. Right. And so all of a sudden your internet goes down for whatever the reason may be. Yeah. And it's going to be down for days or weeks. So how are you going to get that information that you need? Right. You can't stream it on your phone anymore. Uh, so unless you have an old school AM or FM radio, then you're going to be out of luck. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it brings me back to a book I read not too long ago. It was called, uh, I believe, like 30 seconds after or 60 seconds after. And it talked about uh, an electromagnetic pulse, basically a, a, a bomb being dropped in the upper atmosphere, creating this electromagnetic pulse. And it wiped out everything from, you know, cars to trucks to planes to, you know, and it shut down the infrastructure and you were back to basic needs, you know, food, water, shelter. Uh, there was no electricity for a long period of time, so that was out. And so it really it crippled uh, that particular country. But it was interesting to see what it brought people back to. And, you know, the only vehicles that they had that would run were early 50s and 60s vehicles mm -hmm. that didn't have any electronics in them. So it kind of, what we were talking about today kind of brought this back to mind that all of a sudden, yeah, your internet goes down, everything else goes down. What are you going to rely on for that communication? And it's, and it's going to be this, just what we're doing here. It's going to be, brought, you know, basic AM, FM broadcast radio. Exactly. So don't take them out of the cars, manufacturers. Uh, I think you're making a big mistake. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if there is uh, interference from the, the engine or the motor, whatever it may be, it can be fixed, right? Yeah, they did it before, and they can do it again. Especially with the technology. Again, you know, there's no ex to me. Again, it's a lame excuse for them to do away yeah. with the radio. There, there's other ulterior uh, motives. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. At, at any rate, uh, Dan Weed is with us, and Dan, uh, I, I was on a snowmobile trail yesterday. How was it? Uh, it was. It was great. It was uh, right on the uh, Bosco and Franklin. Uh, town line. Yep. You're probably familiar with it. I am. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, you've been there and done that. But I, I wasn't on a snowmobile yesterday, folks. I was on a bicycle. I just, I, I told the listeners the other day, I just bought a used bike. Great. On Saturday. And uh, I, I, so the, the first trail I went on was that one uh, in Bosquin, from nice. Bosquin to, to Franklin. And it was terrific. And that's the, the rail trail that they have up there. That's on this, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's great because you can go from almost the Bosco and Pennacook line and follow that all the way up through Andover, Salisbury, you know, in that whole area. And, and it's a, yeah. it's a great, great ride. Yeah. I, I didn't do the entire trail. Oh. Uh, trust me, but it goes Baby to Lebanon, steps. goes to Lebanon, right. 51.8 miles <laughs> from Bosco to uh, Lebanon. Yeah. So, so you'll do that uh, next week. Uh, maybe next week. Yeah. Okay. Maybe right. next week. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, at any rate, it, it was great. And, uh, so you're, you're a guy, I was uh, mentioned on the air the other day that I, I bought a used bike at the, uh, the bike swap. Oh yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this past yeah. weekend for a hundred bucks, it was a nice bike, and uh, and I I'm enjoying it. Uh, but there there must be trails around here. I mean, I mean, Bosquin is very close, but I mean, I'm talking about this Concord Bow area. There must be a, a few trails. Oh, there's a lot of trails, yeah. And, yeah. and you know that is one of the secondary uses of the snowmobile trail system as, yeah. as bicyclists, and we see a lot of it. Uh, and even in the wintertime, the folks with the fat tire bikes, yeah. it's not unusual to come across them in the wintertime on the snowmobile trail. But yeah, pretty much almost all the trails uh, that 
are developed for the snowmobile system. Most are accepted for bicyclists as well. There are some caveats to that, you know, certainly where you have water crossings and whatnot right. and wet areas. Yeah. But for the most part, the snowmobile trails are accessible in the summertime as well. Yeah. And that, that's a great thing. Now I'll be looking for them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a trail near me. Yeah, the, so. And the, the rail trails are the, the more popular ones. Uh, yeah. Obviously, stay away from the active rail lines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say it goes without saying, but it seems to be that. <laughs> <laughs> Some people may not. Right, right. All right. If you have any questions uh, for Dan, Dan is here. Yeah, but for a limited time, only, only until uh, 9 o'clock this morning. If you have any automotive questions, uh, 603-224-224. One four five zero six zero three two two four fourteen fifty. If you have a, a question, comment, view, idea, opinion, or want to discuss the automotive industry in general, uh, give us a call. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and you can find uh, all their plans at deltadentalcoversme.com. Dan Weed from Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. You can uh, vote for them in the Cappies today. That would be great. Vote, vote, vote early and often, as they say. <laughs> Stuff the ballot box, please. <laughs> used to say in Chicago, anyway. They may still be saying it in Chicago. I'm not sure. We'll take a break. Kale and Company Live will continue right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. Stand by for more terrific excitement here on this Wednesday morning. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're available at 1450 on the AM dial, the signal that's been around longer than Dan Weed and myself. That's right. Hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> uh, 1039 on the FM dial in the capital region. Stronger signal than ever before in uh, our area. And 1019 FM in Manchester, and beyond, and if you're streaming in your car, no matter where you are, or streaming anywhere for that matter, nhtalkradio.com. It is always there, 24 hours a day, no matter where you are. And you, and the, the other beauty of it is, too, Dan, when you go on nhtalkradio.com, is all the shows that we have here, all the local shows are right there. You can listen to them over and over again. So all our hit shows, all these beautiful you know, that's it. So you know, things that we've done together, uh, you can listen to them time and time and time again. Right there, they can if if they you know like Dan Weed's voice, which which who wouldn't? Uh, you know, you can hear it anytime at at your convenience. So well, that, that's go. just amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Who invented this anyway? Uh, <laughs> it was a it must, must be all cats it, uh, <laughs> uh, Ford is anticipating internal combustion engine vehicle sales to grow exactly through 2025. I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, how about that? that that's great. I, I think that goes to uh, what I sort of alluded to eat earlier. So Toyota. Motor Company and their chairman, their chairman has taken some really tough heat right now because Toyota came out and had one of their engineers, an MIT engineer, all MIT. right, so I want to qualify this, yep. you know, did a great study, a great report, and I'll see if I can't get the article posted on our Facebook page, 
and the data behind it was just amazing. But they're coming out and saying that an all-electric fleet is not the way to go. Mm-hmm. They said that your best way to accomplish the emissions regulations, the carbon reduction, uh, fuel, fuel economy ratings and everything is, guess what? A blended fleet. So you have your in- internal combustion yeah. engine, you have your hybrid vehicles, and you have your electric cars. So a nice blended fleet will better accomplish the goals that have been set out by these government entities to do what they, they are requiring for carbon emissions, mm-hmm. carbon neutrality, whatever you'd like to call it these days. Yeah. And they are taking so much heat over this because they're, they're stepping aside from electric, 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 electric to, wait a minute, guys, this is really not the best approach to this. And we need to do a little bit of everything to make this really work the way it wants. And it's funny because in, in our industry, and it's been this way for quite a number of years, we've gone from different ratings on the vehicles as far as emissions packages are concerned. So not only are we fighting with the fact that in our country we have three different emission standards, all right, now you're dealing with ones all across the world. But what you're, people aren't realizing is that even with our internal combustion engines, mm-hmm. We have now engines that are what we call partial zero emission vehicles. So what comes out of the tailpipe is very, very little of anything at all that was uh, impactful to the environment. Most of it is water, water vapor, and you've got a little bit of, you know, carbon monoxide coming out, not carbon dioxide, but carbon monoxide. And other than that, very, very little. So imagine that partial zero emission vehicle yeah. and they're in our everyday world and you know when they first came out this was a big thing and you didn't it was really never internal combustion vehicles. and this is in, exactly. internal yeah, combustion yeah, yeah. engines correct right so here you are running around with a fleet of very low emission vehicles and nobody talks about it right right and, and and I know, and you've said this multiple times on on the show that you're you're a fan of the EV technology. You're not anti no, EV no. whatsoever. I, I think it's a great technology. I think yeah. it's really neat. I think that uh, I'm skeptical of the business model of it and the infrastructure because the biggest challenge between any type of alternative fuel vehicle is the refueling network. Mm-hmm. That's why you didn't yeah. see the hydrogen cars come out as well as they did because their network wasn't in place. That's why when we did to the compressed natural gas or propane vehicles, they didn't take off the way they had anticipated, except for in the commercial side of things, because we didn't have the infrastructure in place for the right. refueling network. Now, Tesla really, in my mind, is the only one that's come out and fixed that as far as the electric car is concerned. They put a charging network in place before the cars were released. You know, they, they piggybacked it on their dealers, and then they started expanding that infrastructure yeah. countrywide, worldwide. Mm-hmm. And But you don't see any of the other manufacturers having done that. You don't have a, a Chevrolet charging network. You don't have a Nissan or Ford, right. whatever it is, Rivian, any of these charging networks, the way you hear about the Tesla charging network. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe the other companies are going to rely on Tesla and Probably pay a hefty fee for them. Great business model, by yep. the way, Elon. Yep. And, <laughs> you know, and so they're going to piggyback everything. But can you, you know, imagine? And I'm seeing visions of a of a 
minor monopoly here in the charging world that yeah. everything's a, a Tesla charger. Well, what happens when you go to the gas station? You have Shell, you have Exxon, you have Sunoco, you have Chevron, all these other companies for being able to refuel your car or truck. Right. But guess what? Now all of a sudden you're in, in less than two minutes, in, you know, right. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or, you know, or in that vicinity, I'm going to just have a big truck. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can do it quickly. Yeah. And uh, but now imagine. All right. Guess what? You're stuck going to a Tesla charging station. Yeah. Because uh, nobody uh, else has one. Right. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And, uh, you know, Tesla, I mean, if that's the case, they, they will make out. Uh, very very well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you'll you'll probably as a, an EV driver have to uh, you know pay for it through the nose as it were. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's you know again something else that they don't talk about is you pull up to one of these charging stations and even the Tesla ones if you own a Tesla, you got to pay for it. Yeah. And the same with right. the, these uh, other companies that are out there. You go to the hotels or whatever, and there is a fee for charging that car. Yeah. So now I don't the tel, the Tesla uh, charging machines, uh, for lack of a better term, what do they call them? A we'll we'll call them a charging station. A charging it? station, okay, uh, at the rest areas mm-hmm. in, in Hooksit on either side of ninety three. Uh, now I, they're not interchangeable, are they? I mean, they're strictly for Teslas. Or? There are adapters that you they, can use. Oh, okay, you know the, yeah. the Tesla charger with different yeah. cars, but you've got to make sure that you have that adapter with you and/or it's provided at the charging station. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you you need that adapter. As yeah. far as I know, and I was talking to somebody the other day, and again, it's not something I've had time to research, but it seems to me that a lot of the companies are coming together now, and they're going to do a unified charging plug. Okay. Uh, but I have not confirmed that. All right, but but nonetheless, you still have to pay for it. Right, right. right. Not only the plug, but the charge <laughs> as well. You, you get charged for the charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, for, first of all, the uh, EVs are are uh, quite a bit more expensive than the internal combustion vehicles. Yeah, uh, for, uh, for one thing, and then you know, you, you, yeah, how, how much are you going really going? I mean, I have no idea what a charge, a complete charge for an EV would cost. If I pulled up in an EV to one of the charging stations in Hooksit or anywhere else, uh, but I have no idea what no, they would charge, sure, what right. they would cost. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, so you really, you know, you know, if if you think you're going to save money, uh, you know, in your, your in your travels, you're probably really not. There, when there, it comes right down, there, to there's it. a cost associated to really everything at this point. So yeah. you know, not nothing is for free. There's there's not a free lunch out there, and right. So. How, how much is it really saving you at that point? Yeah. You know, the extra cost of the vehicle, still caught, you know, paying to charge. Uh, how does it affect your electric bill at home? Right. You know, all of a sudden you've got to have a charger at the house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially here in New Hampshire, where our electricity is, uh, guess what, really, really uh, inexpensive. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, <laughs> that, that, you know, this is going to make that much of a difference, you know, and I, I see it in the North Country. We've got all these windmills up on these ridges in the North Country, and yet our electric prices haven't come down. No. Oh, they have not. It's, it's renewable energy. It's sustainable yeah. energy. Uh, and I'm using quotation marks yeah. here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you're also seeing more solar panels yeah. all the time exactly. as, as well, which is great, and we're not knocking them. No. But they're not going to take care of all of our energy needs. Right. Far from it. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, California <laughs> announced last week or the week before that, you know, look, we're having problems, you know, with the energy supply as it is, and please uh, refrain on recharging your electric vehicles if at all possible. You know, just like they used to say, running the air conditioners in the house. It's, you know, 110 degrees out, and we still don't have enough power to run all the AC units in the state. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd like to hear from somebody that's maybe in an electric car right now or has an electric car, and, and just tell us, the uh, you know, if it's, uh, you know, saving you money in terms of, you know, your daily commutes or if you uh, take it on extended trips or whatever. And uh, I'd like to find out because we honestly don't know. We'll take a break. Uh, Kale & Company Live will continue. Dan Weed here from Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord. You can make an appointment if you're, uh, you know, a, a May baby. Uh, then uh, your time is running out to, to get an inspection if you haven't uh, done it already. 603-225-7988. Kale & Company Live presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Dan Weed is here from Weed Family Automotive, one of our great sponsors on WKXL at 124 Store Street in Concord, WeedFamilyAutomotive.com. And you can give them a call right now, set up an appointment to bring your vehicle in for service at 603-225-7988. Uh, we heard earlier in the program that uh, Ford is not going to be eliminating their uh, AM and FM radios from uh, their new vehicles, their their EVs. Uh, but uh, they're also looking to introduce an affordable three-row EV with, and this is the, the big thing, up to a 350-mile uh, driving range. In 2025, I'm not talking about golf. I'm, I'm, talk, <laughs> I, I'm talking about the distance you can drive on a charge. Yeah, <laughs> 350 yards, right? Yeah. <laughs> 350 mile driving range. Yes, that'd be quite a driving range. <laughs> but uh, so a three row EV with a 350 mile driving. What is the 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 average range of, of EVs now before you have to get a charge? The the ultimate goal is 300 miles. That seems yeah. to be the magic number for most of the car companies to achieve on their base models is a 300 mile range. Yeah. Which you get your average person around day to day driving the kids to school, soccer games here and there and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that seems to be the the, the magic number. Now, right. there's other companies out there, you know, Tesla included, uh, Lucid, Air uh, model, and they're pushing 500 plus miles per range. So, well, but you have to consider now you're talking about a, a three row, I'll call it sport utility vehicle, right. whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Uh, so now you're talking about carrying more people, more weight. Yeah. You know, it's no different than Ford, the F 150, when they touted the towing capacity. And of course, it went viral over the internet that, oh, yeah, well, I'm towing my whatever trailer, my pop up camp or whatever. Mm-hmm on my F-150 and I made it 80 miles. <laughs> 80 miles. Yeah, I think that was the number, but, wow. you know. And, and, that, and that's with uh, how, how many, a gallon tank? Oh, oh no, this was on oh, the, this an EV. the EV. Oh, v, right, EV, right. okay, you know, okay, yeah, okay. You know, be, because 80 miles. A, 80 miles on, yeah. a, on a charge because they were hauling, you know, so much capacity, you know, they were testing. Yeah. Uh, how far can you really go when you're towing? And yeah. it was a very short distance. Yeah, wow. 
So. But so now now we're talking about kind of the same thing. So now rather than carrying cargo, if you will, or towing, but now we're carrying the kids and all their gear that go with it, right. uh, adults, whatever happens to be. So now you're changing the parameters of what you're doing because now you have much more weight in that car and weight and power go together. And guess what? When you have more weight, more power, less range. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it works even with an internal combustion exactly. engine. Exactly. Uh, you know, if you have more stuff in your in your car, <laughs> have uh, have a, a few bicycles in the car and all kinds of groceries and, and what have you, then it cuts down on uh, your miles per gallon. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, and, and so you know, we're talking about different software changes here. We're talking about them doing away with radios in the car. Yeah. We're talking about you know, different uh, charging capacities and, and ranges and whatnot. So interestingly enough, Hyundai and Kia recently, uh, almost every one of their cars got recalled for anti-theft software, or, or I'll call it lack of. Mm-hmm. So not just a few hundred cars were affected, but tens of thousands of cars were affected. And I, by affected, I mean, were actually stolen because it was so easy to get into these vehicles. It went viral on TikTok or YouTube, whatever it happened to be, how quickly and easily you could steal one of these cars Mm. to the point where it was almost, I'll call it epidemic levels in big cities. And the insurance companies have lost probably millions, if not billions of dollars in thefts of a lot of these cars because it was so easy to do. So they've come out with a recall now and a couple of the dealers had taken it upon themselves because the manufacturer had not at that point to start to install Bluetooth devices that would enhance the theft-resistant capabilities of the car. So now Hyundai and Kia have come out with a software revision to help it uh, that will slowly eliminate it, but now you've got to roll out all these software revisions Mm -hmm. into these cars. And so this is one of our challenges in the repair industry now is that all these software changes that are being done, we have to try and do that at our level and the manufacturers make it difficult for us but it goes back to well what you don't see a lot of in the paper lately is harvard pilgrim got hit really really hard with ransomware to it to the point where it's it's crippled that insurance industry giant for Mm. well over a month or more now Uh, but if somebody can hack into a insurance company that that's that big and get into their system to the point where they can cripple the company what can the hackers do to all these cars with all the software you know how are they going to get in what are they going to do and are are they going to hold your car you know hostage or for ransom on you at some point you know just like we see in our email and our text messages every day you know same thing you know lots of hacking going on what's going to happen with your car and what you know what protections are in place by the car manufacturers so that doesn't happen yeah wow or all of a sudden you know guess what you plug your phone in or or link your phone to your car yeah your phone has been hacked and guess what now your car is too it's it's unbelievable (laughs) almost scary can't we go back to the good old days (laughs) (laughs) well we didn't have a whole lot of high-tech uh stuff in our car right just an am fm radio just an am radio (laughs) you know you can still get wkxl on on the uh, on the am radio but it's funny i mean uh, the the fm radios i mean they they uh, really fm really wasn't a big thing 
until like the early 70s. Right. Yeah. Right. Before that, it was kind of uh, niche listening and uh, it was not, elite. Not, yeah. You know? And not and, and nobody really had them had FM radio in their car at that point. No, I think uh, I'm trying to think. My, my first car that actually came from the factory with an FM radio yeah. had to have been like a 72 or 74 car yeah, that I picked up. About and, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, not that that's that's a new thing. I mean, it seems, uh, you know, just like yesterday to me, maybe, but uh, that's you know, like over fifty years ago. So, <laughs> <Why>? but <laughs> we won't talk about that. No, no we won't. <laughs> we won't. But I, uh, yeah, you're right. But uh, and, and now it's, uh, there was a recent survey out. It says of uh, U.S. consumers, consumers, it seems that uh, many gas or diesel vehicle owners are considering uh, a hybrid or electric electric vehicle. But the two big issues, uh, cost and range, mm-hmm. those are the things that, uh, uh, you know, why people are hesitating to make the switch. And it's understandable. Oh, most definitely. And yeah. the, the thing is with cost, I mean, we have such a small percentage of our fleet that is electric at this point. So the demand isn't there. It hasn't become the standard yet. Right. And, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure that it ever will. It'll, it'll always be an alternative. Will it be your mainstream or your standard? Personally, I don't foresee it happening, but you never know. I've been wrong before. But it will be. It will be many years from now. It will. Whatever right. does. It, I don't. I don't. I think the the deadline that they've set in the you know 2030, 2035 time frame is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> unrealistic. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, it's got to be, right? Because, I mean, the, the, the you know infrastructure, for one thing, as, as we've talked about many times, you've got to have the infrastructure for it. Yeah. And, and it's not even close right like, now. And so, you know, we're talking about, we were talking earlier about the cost of charging the vehicle, the cost of having this at your home. Mm-hmm. You have to have it installed at the house. So there's an added cost to the installation of the charging unit. So all these added costs, the added cost of the car, so what does that look like financially in a payback window? You know, when, when do you break, actually break even on that car? And, you know, traditionally we're seeing on an internal combustion engine car or hybrid, you know, a three to five year, I call it payback, if you will, when that loan is done and it's really not costing you anything at that point. Right. So what is a payback on that electric vehicle? How much further out do you have to go to be able to get that cost benefit equalized? Yeah, I think it would have to be many years. I would think. Yeah. Unless you have, well, and again, there's a cost involved in installing solar and maybe a battery bank or, you know, one of the Tesla batteries at your house. Yeah. So you can actually store some of this energy. Yeah. But again, there's that added cost involved. So now you add the cost of that Tesla battery, the solar investment, and, you know, what is the payback? I've heard, you know, as far as solar panels on your home, the payback typically is in the 10-year window, give or take, mm. depending on the system you put in and so on and so forth. Now you add batteries to that, you add storage capacity, maintenance, upkeep, whatever it happens to be. So what is the added cost there? And the uncertainty right now is, okay, what truly is the life of these solar panels? Is it, you know, we look at your average roof with a life of, you know, we start at the cheap ones at 15 years, 20 years. Right. The standard seems to be that 25 year. So do we have solar panels with a lifespan of 25 or 30 years? What's it going to be? Yeah. A lot of questions remain unanswered in our green society. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dan Weed, Weed Family Automotive, 124 Store Street in Concord, WeedFamilyAutomotive.com. Don't forget Weed TV, great long-running series. Always there for the entertainment. Uh, uh, yes, it is. 603-225-7988. Make an appointment today. You will not be disappointed. And uh, make an appointment to be with us uh, tomorrow for another edition of uh, Kale & Company. And if you missed anything we said within the last hour or simply want to hear it again, and who wouldn't, right? Right. Uh, tune in again voice. tonight right after right after the uh, 7 o'clock update right here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. We're powered by Northeast Delta Dental. <laughs>